Welcome today. Thank you all for coming along. And this is going to be part one today with part two on Sunday evening. And what I'm sharing on today is what the Lord's put in my heart for the last few weeks. And today will be an introduction really and I'll go into it in greater depth on Sunday evening. And so I've called it the manifestation of the sons of God. And this part one is really looking at our supernatural relationship with the Lord as sons led by the Spirit of God, mature sons and what as people today would say that looks like and what stops us from maturing and walking in that manifestation of all that the Lord wants us to have in these days and which I think is essential that we do have and walk in. Um, so, if you can open your Bibles, please, and turn to 1 John 4, verse 17. And an area I'm going to touch on today is the area of the miraculous and I may touch on, but I'll probably leave it more to Sunday because the foundation needs to be sort of established before you really get into this subject. But such things as translation, supernatural translation, supernatural translocation, as biblical and even, you know, within the New Covenant, Philip, uh, the evangelist, one minute he's talking to the eunuch and then he's moved supernaturally to another place and he didn't have to get on a camel or donkey to get there. It was instant. And Jesus did this on several occasions. And sometimes people can miss that. But it's all there in the Word of God. And I hope to show you those scriptures and back up what I'm saying from the Bible. And that's key because this is an area where people who are involved in the occult know a great deal about, but people who are part of the body of Christ know very little about. And it is important to stress at the very beginning that you need to understand that it's the Holy Spirit that would be uh, behind anything like that if you're a Christian and no other spirit. And I'm not saying that that is for everyone, but I think the reason that the Lord's put it in my heart for today is that when we're talking about the manifestation of the sons of God on earth in these days, we're going to be observing, witnessing miracles and signs and wonders that perhaps we've never had an experience of before, even in the Toronto blessing, whatever you want to call that, in the 90s, there was things that happened there and you're always going to get counterfeits when God is moving. But even things like that, you know, what I'm talking about is like with Maria Woodworth Etter in her revival services, she would go into a trance and she would just stop speaking, stop moving for hours and hours and hours at a time. 
and people didn't understand what was going on. Many of them could not get their head around, and that's a problem a lot of the time, their head around what was happening, and so they just dismissed it as of the enemy, which is very common. But also, people do need to judge everything. We need to judge everything. In these days, every prophet on social media, we need to judge everything we're hearing. And we need to ask the Lord for the spirit, the discerning of spirits of good and evil from the Holy Spirit is key. We have to have that to know when there's just a very slight difference, but it's still the enemy. So, as I say, there's always a counterfeit nearby, or even right in front of our face sometimes, when it's an area to do with the power of God, the supernatural, the miraculous, Often the enemy will leave certain areas, not really bother with them too much. When it comes to the power of God, he wants to stop it if he can. If he can't block it, if he can't, then corrupt it. And so that's why we do need to have the discerning of spirits of good and evil operating. And so talking about the manifestation of the sons of God. I'll talk about what that is in a minute, but we, we also need to know how to apply truths from God's word. People can be given a revelation about something and they really do get it. They understand the revelation, but sometimes they don't know how to apply it, either in their own life or generally. Uh, in the church or whatever. And so that takes wisdom. Excuse me. <coughs> wisdom to apply what the Lord is showing us is available to us. Everything that we need is available to us and often is in us. We just don't uh, realise that. So one area I'll warn about straight away is an area where Christians have wandered into, many of them in these days. And if anyone who's listening to this podcast, if this applies to you, then I would say to you, be very, very careful that astral travel, astral projection, whatever you want to call it, which is not biblical translation, biblical translocation is spiritually illegal according to the Lord Jesus Christ. And many New Agers do this <clears throat> on a regular basis, not just witches, warlocks. So <clears throat> a lot of them call it flying on the wind. It's actually going into the second heaven Many of them see beautiful scenery and think it is heaven, but they're being deceived because a lot of the new age taps into the supernatural realm. But as I've mentioned in the healing sessions on a Saturday, many people do not want to come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Apart from coming to be saved, if that's not happening in their life, then by default, the spirit operating is not the Holy Spirit. But even people who are born again, but who lack any type of true discernment can think it's the Holy Spirit. when in fact, they're tapping into the second heaven. And it's very, very dangerous spiritually. And if this applies to anyone listening to this, you must stop immediately, repent of it, ask the Lord to remove anything that's attached to you through it, and he will do that, <clears throat> and never do it again. 
And this is not advocating that anybody tries to translate or translocate themselves. Absolutely not. I don't believe that everybody will be able to anyway, but it is according to God's will. And like Jesus only heard and did what he heard and saw the Father do, we are to be led like that, led by the Holy Spirit. So we're not to hear about something which is new to us and then run with it without, first of all, God's permission, and secondly, knowing absolutely how to do that. But it is part of, I believe, the manifestation of the sons of God in the days that we're living in, that these things will happen. That's why I'm mentioning it. Um, I do believe that the Lord will take certain people in these days and instantly have them somewhere else on this earth to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, to do things like that, where they would not be able to get there any other way because of their status with certain things. And that would be closed off to them if that remains that way. So that's why I'm mentioning this. <clears throat> and I think it will be a part of the manifestation of the sons of God on earth. But that's the caveat and the warning that goes along with it. And I'll talk more on Sunday. I'm not going into depth about translation, translocation, but just touching on it because it is a real thing and the Lord does want us to know about it, I believe, because he used it many times to step out of the way of danger and I think it can be very useful um, in, in the right place and time. So it's not something that we go and try and do in our bedroom every night. Absolutely not. And so I want to make that clear right at the beginning. But the manifestation of the sons of God. Many people think the times that we are living in just now are really about to end. And that the Lord will helicopter us all out of here and so basically why bother doing anything and I've been around long enough in the church to know that this is nothing new I heard it in the 80s the 90s <laughs> in fact since the church at Pentecost um, really started Paul had to say to some of his churches that the Lord hadn't returned and left them behind because some of them thought that was the case and he had to assure them because they were terrified that that had not happened and that there were certain signs, certain things that had to happen before the second coming of Jesus Christ and so there's lots of confusion over this in the church and people have taken sides and it's something that is then not really touched upon because it is seen to be very divisive. But I would say that this subject on its own has probably caused so many Christians to do nothing and like tread water, thinking that very soon we're all out of here anyway. So if I just, you know, batten down the hatches, uh, keep myself to myself, everything will be fine because very quickly we'll be in heaven. And I think there's a lot of people going to be very surprised indeed when that doesn't happen the way they think. And that's why I'm talking about the manifestation of the sons of God, because I believe that what we're experiencing and seeing just now is the transitioning out of the church age, which started at Pentecost, 
and into the fully into the kingdom age. But at the moment, what I believe the Lord is doing is showing us the powers of the age to come. And he wants us to start to operate in those powers today and not wait until, you know, supposedly we are coming back with the Lord. He's on his white horse. He is, um, you know, obliterates his enemies with the brightness of his coming. And then everything sets up from there. Now, I believe that the word of God is true. In Revelation, absolutely, Jesus is returning to earth to rule and reign from Jerusalem, the king uh, of David's throne, the throne of David. Yes, absolutely. But I think between now and then, the Lord has his people in place in various parts of the world. We are here in Scotland, in the UK, and he has things for us to do. And I believe that as part of the remnant, if we don't do them, who will? Now, I know that God can move on and find someone else, but I think in the days we're living in, those options open to the Lord are much fewer and less than ever before. You know, I've heard of people saying that the Lord told them he had to pass over a dozen people or so uh, before he got them to do um, what he wanted to bring about in the earth. They weren't the first choice or the second choice, but, you know, they did answer the call. But sadly, a lot of people don't hear that call. And so the Lord has chosen. This is very important. He's chosen to move through his people who are surrendered to him. There's a cost. It's not a case of, here I am, Lord, use me, I'll do anything you want. That's great to do and say, but there's a cost to that. And the cost is the Lord knows all about us, but we need to know <laughs> about ourselves. We know, hopefully, that we are in Christ and we are new creations and that the old's passed away and all things have become new. We're more than conquerors in Jesus. We should know all of this. That happens immediately at the new birth. Many people don't. And so you have to know who you are in Christ before you can be trusted by the Lord to really do anything. And as I said before, the gifts of God, you know, they're without repentance. It doesn't take them away from people if they wander away or fall even. But the anointing is a completely different thing. That is a power of God coming upon someone to enable them to say what God wants to say through them with power that touches people's hearts. It's not soulish. It's not a somebody public speaking. It's the anointing. And the Lord is very fussy about whom he gives the anointing to. It's not the same as, you know, people can operate in the gifts and they may seem to be someone to those who are looking on so holy, uh, especially if it's healing miracles and things like that. But the power is the Holy Spirit who's doing all of it. And he doesn't remove the gifts when people fall. And that has caused a lot of issues in the past with people who are world-renowned um, healing evangelists who then have fallen but they still seem to be able to have the same effect on crowds of people who come for healing 
and that's because the Lord doesn't remove the gifts. But when it comes to the anointing, he most certainly will. If we are not walking with him, and I would say that for each person, that particular walk can be different. What he can ask you to do might be very different to what he would ask me to do. And Jane Marie or Bill or Ellen, you know, the Lord has our walk with him personal and unique. And it's between him and us. But obviously there's, there's absolute scriptural truths that uh, encompass everyone's walk. But the anointing is different. And if the anointing isn't there and somebody still tries to operate in the giftings, then what can happen is you can get what you've probably heard, strange fire. You can get people starting to operate in an unholy spirit. And we don't want that. And that's when things can creep in because of the lack of discerning of spirits of both good and evil. It can be subtle. Um, so a lot of it hasn't really been preached over the years, I think, for many reasons. I think one of the main reasons is the church sadly has been infiltrated. And so these truths, the powers that be want them to be kept silent. And if they do go out to the world from someone who has a revelation about these things, then very often that person is labelled a heretic. <laughs> that is a common one, almost at the start, or off the wall, or all these things come thick and fast. And I would say, don't just write somebody off because that's the label that's been given to them. Listen to what they're saying and ask the Holy Spirit to confirm to you in your spirit if it's the truth or not, and he will do that. The Holy Spirit will not lead us astray, but turning to other people to see what they think of this or that or the next thing can lead us astray. I mean, the majority thinking something does not mean that they have got the truth or are thinking, you know, the right way or being led by the Lord. Um, often it can be a remnant, the way God works when you look through the scriptures, which is a minority, often a tiny minority, who are entrusted with the truth and God's logos and rima words that are revelatory. And so that is when we start to get into the area of the sons of God who are led by the Spirit of God. They are mature. They're not babies who are still being given milk after 40, 50 years which sadly is more common than you might imagine. There are people who want the meat of God's word. Often that involves revelation, and it's taking the revelation to the Lord, asking him to confirm, is this the truth? And the Lord will do that. And unless you are getting some ringing bells and warning flags, then... I suggest that you, you know, you keep listening because a lot of the things that are shared in the Church of the Remnant, I know are new to many people, they've told me, but they're very powerful and they're, it's the truth. And so you don't want to throw the baby out with the bath water. And... So, back to 1 John 4, verse 17. So, it says, 
Love has been perfected among us in this way, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. And it's this key bit, the last part, because as he is, Jesus, so are we in this world. This is a key verse when it's, I'm talking about the manifestation of the sons of God. And I'll give you many scriptures um, for you to do your own study. This particular verse is often used to accuse people who stand in this revelatory scripture and who know who they are in Christ, first of all, anyone who actually declares or decrees this particular scripture as he is, so are we in this world, almost instantly is, as I was saying earlier, labelled as either some sort of heretic or part of what many people term the hyper-grace movement. And the way I'm quoting it here today and talking about it, neither of these things apply. What I'm talking about here is when we apply this scripture, it's God's own word. And it's truly wonderful to know that First of all, God doesn't measure us or judge us eternally based on our performance or our works. Because if he did, like many religions state, who could stand? I couldn't. Nobody could. One sin, that's it, game over. Eternity in hell. Only Jesus Christ, our kinsman redeemer, could pay the price for everybody, everybody, all of mankind, to buy back the things that Adam lost for mankind and for creation. And so Jesus has done that. He is, if you like, the second Adam. And I believe that this scripture as he is, so are we in this world. As new covenant believers in Jesus Christ, it's actually incredible, that scripture, because it doesn't say, it doesn't say, as Jesus was on earth, so are we in this world. No. It wasn't was, it says, as he is, so are we in this world. So even past tense, it would have been amazing because of all the miracles and the ministry of Jesus on earth, the healing, the blessings, the abundance, followed him everywhere he went. But that's not what this word says. What it says is, as Jesus is present tense so in other words as he is right now so are we in this world so this is very very powerful revelation if you get this and it is also part of the basis for the manifestation of the sons of god in these days because when you think about it, where Jesus is today, well, he is seated on a throne as a king, but not as any king, not as any king that we would think of on the earth, but as the king of all kings in the universe. And if we are in Christ, then we too are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The Bible tells us this, I'm not just making it up. Ephesians 1 verses 20 to 23 says, He, God, raised him, Jesus, 
from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. This next bit. Far above all principalities and power and might and dominion. He's talking there about all the power of the enemy, Satan, all. And these are the various hierarchies that he has over the earth. So Jesus is far above all of these, now, at the moment. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he puts all things under his feet and gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So Jesus is seated at the Father's right hand today in a position of complete power and authority over all, over everything on earth and in heavenly places. He's seated far above principalities and powers who are in the second heaven between earth and where true heaven is, where the throne of God is. There is this second heaven, the realm where the enemy, the powers of darkness operate, the realm where people who astral project go into. It is dark, it is dangerous, if you don't know what is going on. And we are seated, not there, we are seated far above there in Christ. What I've just shared in Ephesians applies to us in the spirit, spiritually. We are there. The minute we are born again, the minute we experience the new birth, as he is, so are we in this world. Now, obviously, we are still walking about here in bodies that require healing, in minds that require to be renewed. God made us in his image. And we have a physical body, which because of what happened with Adam and the fall is subject to decay and we age. And then we have a mind which has a will, emotions, feelings, thoughts. That is usually the area that the enemy will come in and there's real spiritual warfare there between your ears. But scripture tells us how to deal with that. We cast down every vain imagination that sets itself up against the knowledge, the truth of God. So until the Lord transfigures us and we have our new bodies, which will not be subject to death or aging and our minds will be renewed, we shall have the mind of Christ 24-7, although we'll be in eternity, so time-space uh, will not apply there. And it doesn't apply there. Which is one of the reasons that translation and translocation in the spirit can happen. Because when that happens, it's actually suspending the physical laws of time, space, matter, the space-time continuum, places like CERN talk about, and physicists who know about the speed of light. Well, God is above that. You know, the Father, Jesus, is above that, seated on his throne. And he is there, and he is here by the power of his Holy Spirit. He said to wait for the power that was coming to wait for the power on the high that was uh, Acts 1 verse 8 and he said that so that the disciples did not run away out and start to do things in their own strength 
They needed the power of God to be able to see miraculous healings, to see miracles, to see all the things that Peter and Paul and everybody afterwards who was baptized in the Holy Spirit was able to do. And Jesus told them to wait, not to leave the upper room until they were endued, filled with this power from on high. And one of the confirmations of this would be tongues of fire that would rest upon the 120 folk gathered there's heads. And that was really talking about the fire of God, which is something that we really need to ask the Lord for in these days, because many people will ask for the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and the Lord gives it to them, and they start to speak in tongues, and then the gifts of the Spirit start to manifest in them, and they, as they practice them, like anything, you know, your muscles, they get stronger. And so, unfortunately, though, even with that, people stop there. And they don't realize that they can actually ask for more. The fire of God is available. So that's what we need in these days. That's what the manifestation of the sons of God will have upon them. They will have the new birth. They will know who they are in Christ. They will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. They'll be walking in the power of the Holy Spirit in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they will also have the fire of God upon them and in them. The fire of God in them will refine those things that need to go. Like I was talking about the thoughts, you know, in our mind. It's the fire of God that takes those things away. And that's why sometimes we're put in the refiner's fire. God puts us in there. To get rid of the dross, I know from personal experience working with silver, to get rid of the oxide, you need to fire it up in the furnace to make it beautiful and shiny, like jewellery that people want to wear and not the thing that is blackened with the carbon on it. And it's only made shiny by being put in the furnace. So that's what God can do with us to get rid of these things. And so people don't like that. They don't like the fiery furnace part. They want the manifestations of the Son of God part. They don't want the refining part. And so that's needing to know who you are in Christ, baptism in the Holy Spirit, the fire of God, and being willing to be refined in God's furnace. It's not the enemy. A lot of the time, even if it is the enemy, he's allowed to do certain things sometimes to be used by God in a way to refine us. And the fire will take things out that God doesn't want to be there. That would trip us up as we move forward. And so another thing regarding the manifestations of the Son of God um, on earth in these days is that because we are seated in Christ in heavenly places, far above all these principalities, powers, like I've shared in Ephesians there, we have authority in Christ over th these things and over what's going on in the world and over all the power of the enemy, Luke 10, 19, Jesus tells that, well, I'll give you a bit of power. No, he doesn't say that. He says, power. Dunamis and exousia, the authority over all the power of the enemy. And nothing, nothing whatsoever shall harm you. And you need to also to be used by God when there's ma the manifestations of the Son of God on earth, everything in the kingdom of God, because we're talking about the kingdom of God on earth, is by faith. It's activated through faith. 
And that's where a lot of people fall at the first hurdle because they're so used to running here and running there to get hands laid on them. I'm not against that. At times, we need our brothers and sisters to pray for us and with us, and the touch from God is what we need. But to live that way is not how God wants us to be, and it's certainly not the way that a mature son is to live, because they are to be led by the Spirit of God and a mature son will stand on the word of God for their healing if they need it. Preferably, they will walk in divine health so they don't even need healing. <laughs> and they will know instantly, cast that thought down, that doesn't line up with scripture. Again, you need to know the word of God to cast something down if it doesn't align with it. And then the, sons, the, the manifestation of the sons of God, because really we're talking about the sons of God here, they need to be in alignment with Jesus Christ and not other people and not for umpteen other reasons, but they need to focus and fix their eyes on Jesus and be led by his spirit no matter what. He's the head of the body and so we do what he tells us to do just as um, he only did what the father told him to do. He only heard what the father said to him. He was led, Jesus. He wasn't just a loose cannon. I mean, he knew who he was, but he didn't sort of go, do you know what? Today I'm just going to actually be the, the son of God with all the majesty. I'm just going to use all my privileges because fed up with these people who don't get it. No, he, he was absolutely submissive. He had a servant's heart. That's key. If you want to build a big platform and name for yourself, then that's going to be a problem, I believe, if, if it causes you to get into uh, being proud and think it's you. <laughs> the minute you start to think it's you, then you're keeping the glory for yourself and God will not share his glory with anybody. And people who do that and won't be corrected, they'll soon know who's truly doing it. Uh, the, the, the manifestation of the miracles and things like that. So we've got to be servant-hearted too. And these things are all within the realm of faith, what I've just been sharing. But we need a revelation of the biblical truth about these things through the Holy Spirit. So, as I said, I've been really focusing on who, what the sons of God are. Because you need to know, if you don't already, how to become a mature son led by the spirit of god before you know you can go forth and do all the things that the lord i believe in these days not waiting you know and doing it in the millennial age but as we are transitioning through the powers of that age we're going to operate in now but god's getting us into shape <laughs> Because in the spirit we are perfect, as I said, we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, far above all these principalities and powers, right? So we get that, but the thing that trips us up, uh, usually, number one, our mouth, and we only speak things that we've been thinking. So like, our thoughts, we need to cast them down, because if we don't, then if we have thoughts that are not lined up with the word of God and we walk with them and walk with them, then they become beliefs and those beliefs become attitudes. And then it's a whole lot more difficult to come back into alignment if you don't nip it in the bud. We want to nip things in the bud because we all need you know, that refinement in our soul, our spirit is renewed. That's no problem there. It's the other bits. Until, you know, we are like Jesus, when we see him, 
we'll be able to look him face to face because we'll have been changed, we'll be like him. But until then, you know, these things are the things that trip us up. And they can block us from hearing the Lord. You know, our mind um, between our ears, you know, is the place where it can really block us from moving and all the things that God wants us to move in, especially the supernatural by the Holy Spirit, especially the miraculous, the power of God. And so we need to understand that and then we can build upon how the sons of God manifest on the earth. What do they do? What does the Lord have them here to do? And I'll talk more about that on Sunday because it is about the supernatural power of God. And we're also talking about new wineskins. The old wineskins must go. If people are still operating from two years ago, things have changed. God has a new normal. <laughs> and um, it's operating out of new wineskins. And we need to know our Bible, we need to study, we need to take time away from the, with the Lord. And just very quickly, things that will stop the manifestation of the sons of God doing what the Lord wants us to do, I believe as a remnant. Um, things that stop that, well, obviously sin, unrepented of sin. If we know we are doing something, the Lord keeps saying, don't like that, you know, the Holy Spirit need to deal with that. And also, a big part of being able to walk in this way is setting ourselves apart from the things of the world. You know, it says, come out of heart. You know, the world system, the Babylonian system. We need to be not in that. Now, people have jobs, they do things, you know, that they have to go to the supermarket, etc. It's about your heart being attached to that, that you do not want to come out of it, that's an issue. That's something that God really wants to speak to you about. <laughs> and, um, and if he doesn't speak to you about it, he'll bring someone else along. Uh, sometimes it can be publicly. It's always best that we actually judge ourselves first. Um... Although God's a gentleman, he doesn't want to embarrass us. Uh, but he will get our attention one way or another. So the things just very quickly that can block this, and I'll go on to it in much greater depth on Sunday, because this has just been an introduction. But often people don't realise they've got decades of spiritual religion, man-made traditions, uh, when they start to attempt to walk this way <laughs> and um, they then see, oh, they didn't realise that it was there. So we need to pull anything that's religious out by the roots. Um, and I'll give you some scriptures for doing that. Um, we don't want to be blocking the power of God. We want the power and the glory of God to be seen manifesting through us, changing lives in this age that, that we're in just now, but it will be the powers of the age to come. Jesus said, greater things than these shall you do. And I believe he was telling us the truth. So we're to fix our eyes on Jesus. And I'll give you some scriptures here that are key to this. We don't love the things of the world and that's 1 John 2, verses 15 and 16. James 4, verse 4. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. And also, the world calls good evil and evil good. Isaiah 5, verse 20. Also, the eye is the lamp of the body. Be careful what you watch, what you look at and take in and hear. And that's Matthew 6, 22 and 23. 
and to judge ourselves. That's 1 Corinthians 11, verse 31. And you can also look at Galatians 2, verses, uh, verse 20. And the things of the world should really grow dim. That's what the Lord's saying as we fix our eyes on Jesus. And you can look up John 14, verse 6, Hebrews 12, verse 2. And Revelation 3, verse 18, talks about anointing uh, our eyes so we can clearly see. And so, really, when we're talking about coming out of the world, it's just, you know, what we're looking at, what, what's the theme? Does it blaspheme God's name? Things like that. Um, these are important if we're going to walk in the powers of the age that the Lord wants us to walk in, I believe, today. So I'll leave it there. There's so much. It may go on more than part two. This has just been a sort of introduction. But hopefully, if you haven't before, you'll have grasped again about who we are in Christ, where we're seated in the Spirit, and what it takes to be a mature son of God and walk so that we are manifesting the power and glory of God in this earth and the world, that people see it and they want to know Jesus Christ because of it. And that will be miracles, that will be the supernatural, that will be people, you know, translating, translocating, Lots of these things that are scriptural but are hardly talked about because the full gospel is not being preached in many places. So I'll leave it there and I hope that was food for thought and you can study what I've been saying and I hope it really blesses you. And part two, I'll build on what I've been talking about today on Sunday. So Lord, I just commit this into your hand and I pray that the things that you want to highlight in this will be apparent to those who listen to it and that you'd speak directly to every single heart who hears this message, Lord, for your glory. In the name of Jesus, amen.